Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up, and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a Whitley comic book podcast brought to you proudly every single week by King's Comics in Sydney, 310 Pitt Street. If you ever want to come and pay King's a visit, you can find any of the books that we talk about on the show there, or you could also find them online at kingscomics.com. My name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. And uh, we're recording this one. We're not in the same room for once. First time ever. Um, we both both had doctor visits today. Yep. We're both fine, but... Also, one of us may have been sedated and was told that he can't drive for at least 24 hours. How good is sedation, so, though? Uh, we're doing it... Oh, man. It's so good when they like they tell you to like just start breathing in and then like, okay, now count down from 10. Yeah. I don't think I got to 9. No, yeah. That's the best. <laughs> They're like, hmm, this will be like a glass of champagne. And you're like, well, I wish, I wish champagne was actually like that and didn't just make me throw up. <laughs> what you wish champagne made you fall asleep yes. within one sip yes okay, right, that's right. exactly what i want <laughs> um every week we review all of last week's comics and this week's episode is brought to you by two of our patrons uh these uh two lovely gentlemen signed up as patreon uh supporters of serious issues their names are matthew burner thanks matthew and kevin eddie and thanks, thanks kevin. matthew thanks kevin uh, for making this episode possible. If you would like to be a uh, very cool patron, you can head to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast, and uh, sign up there for as little as $2 a month. We will thank you personally on the show. You get access to a bunch of bonus episodes, our newsletter, and uh, some more cool perks coming your way later in the year. Very fun it's stuff. A, it's a good call. Do it. So we kick, off, we kick off every episode of Serious Issues by uh, reviewing all of the number ones that came out last week, and I've got a little pile of them here in front of me. Uh, Siobhan, what one should we start with first? Um, let's start with one that I thought was heaps of fun, 
um, from Boombox, Hi-Fi Fight Club. Yeah, this is great. Hi-Fi Fight Club, a new one from Boombox, uh, which is an excellent all-ages kind of um, very often like uh, just very good at showing a wide range of people mm. um, uh, in, in their comics for young people and, and old people alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is written and created by Carly Ustin with pencils by Nina Vakueva. Nailed it. Vakueva? I don't know. Yeah. Fuck that. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Nina. Uh, inks by Irene Flores and colors by Rebecca Nolte. Uh, actually, with great lettering by Jim Campbell as well. This this was a this was a quadru- what's the five a quintuple threat of uh, <laughs> of creators. Absolutely. Uh, Hi Fi Fight Club is the combination of the movies Empire Records and Fight Club, but with teen girls. So with pretty much girls. everything that you've ever wanted. So yeah, own, if Empire Records was only. Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> was it Reese Witherspoon? No, no, Renee Zellweger. I've never Rene- seen that Renee Zellweger. No, oh, it's, it's it's. I'm sure it hasn't aged very well at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, is about uh, focuses on a young girl, Chris, um, who uh, works at a record shop. She's only been working there for a, a month. This is set in the '90s in 1998, which is a great era to set a music-based comic, in yep, my opinion. I agree. Um, and uh, she's in love with another girl that works at the record store who's way cooler than she is. In fact, everyone at the record store is cooler than she is. Mm-hmm. But they're all pretty cool to her. She still feels really inadequate compared to the rest of them. But uh, most of this episode is her kind of like, you know, dealing with her insecurities and mm-hmm. um, wanting to be the best record store clerk she could possibly be and also have the girl that loves her, that she loves, love her back. Um, and then there's an amazing twist at the end <laughs> that I did not see coming not at all. At all. Uh, Siobhan, you love revealing twists. What's the twist? It's a fight club, guys. They have an underground fight club underneath the record store. That's a pretty good twist. So all, <laughs> all of these cool girls, um, all of these cool girls, when, when a fight, was it, is it a fight or like a riot? That um, a, a riot run starts happening in, in the store because a band can't show up or some, some nonsense. Mm. Uh, but they, are, they run a teen girl fight club, a secret teen girl vigilante fight club that now Chris has to join. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it is super cool. And I feel like, you know, as as someone who was a teen girl once many, many moons ago, that sort of sense of, like, looking for identity in something external um, is very relatable. As someone who started working in a comic book store at 17, (laughs) this is like, (laughs) oh, this this is incredibly familiar. Does King's Comics have an underground fight club, Siobhan? Okay, there have been genuine, like, bouts, because if there's one thing nerds love more than comics, it is various forms of martial arts. And once, two former staff members, <laughs> Costa, who was a champion wrestler, and Matt, who was a beginner at jiu-jitsu, had a bout after a um, convention. And Matt whooped Costa's ass, and it was just the best. It was so fun for everyone. A bit- this, I think Costa listens to this and Matt doesn't. <laughs> Does so I, can we doesn't. rewrite history for Costa's sake? Yeah, yeah. Costa smashed Matt. Fuck Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, High Five Fight Club, a really, really fun one. Mm-hmm. Boombox always putting out uh, series that are worth a look if you are, if you are interested in something different. Um, I love that they built all the characters yeah. and the world of this story like while only focusing on the record store and the relationships until the very last page, yeah. and then they revealed that there's a fight club. And it's one of those. I mean, I guess you knew there was, there was a fight club on the cover on the on the title as well, but yeah, it's yeah. not it's not the, like really we should have seen that twist coming. Um, and it's one of those <laughs> books where like it could the characters could feel really one dimensional, 
Um, but they they don't. I think they did a good job. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was a, it was it was a really really fun number one and uh, another boombox boombox series that I'll be adding to my to my pool list mm. every week, every month. Um, definitely worth checking out. Uh, let's move over to DC right now for a new mini series they've started. Um, uh, Siobhan, if I told you that um, one of DC's beloved superheroes uh, turned bad and got rid of all the other superheroes, would you say, hey, I've already read Injustice? <laughs> I would say no, because I haven't read Injustice. Yeah, that's a very good so, point. Uh, um, Nightwing The New Order is a new miniseries uh, written by Kyle Higgins uh, with art by... Trevor McCarthy. Oh, God damn it. Trevor McCarthy. Thank you so much. Um, and this one is uh, set 20-ish years in the future. Um, 20, I think it's like 20, 2028 or something like that. 2040. 20, oh, wow. Fuck. Very, very far into the future. Mm. Um, oh, no. That's literally like 20, 23 years into the future. That's still... I was close to what we Yeah, right. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Life comes at you fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Nightwing: The New Order is basically about um, we 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 see at the start of this book that twelve years ago, which is an amount of years Mm -hmm. from now that is less than (laughs) twenty. But at some point in the in our future, but in this book's past, Nightwing um, basically did something that took away the superpowers from all of the DC superheroes. Or he got rid of then all ca- of the superheroes and found some kind of technology to dampen people's superpowers. That's right. Um, and uh, he now has a son, mm-hmm. and he is also like kind of like the leader of a special police force mm-hmm. that makes sure that basically these power dampeners and basically all superpowers, anyone with superpowers is unable to have access to their superpowers. I um, really loved this. This like yeah, me too. This, this me is too. quite similar to what's going on in the Batwoman comic at the moment, right? Except that the sort of totalitarian leader is Tim Drake. Um, so it's interesting that these two are coming out at the same time. But I love like potential future stuff that's definitely not going to come to anything. Um, that's always yep. that's always really good fun. And I like you know this the setting up so many fun mysteries like who's the mother of Nightwing's son? Where's Batman? What's what actually happened to make Nightwing? Go this nuts! I love it. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I think I, I, a lot of people in our group, which you can join and, and have your opinions in at facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast, have been um, saying that this does feel very similar to Injustice. But I think the future setting, I think, is makes it a, a big difference that this is like you know all, all the superheroes are already gone. It's not like this is mm. going to be him going up against other different versions of the superheroes like other books have done. So I think the, the, the real point of difference is going to come in in finding out what, what drove Dick to make this decision and also the consequences coming back to bite him in the butt um, however, you know, so many years afterwards. Yeah. Yep. Good fun. I like this a and, lot. Yeah, I mean, Carl Higgins is a great runner, right, writer. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a great runner yeah. too. Do you reckon he's a good runner? I, I think definitely. Uh, so yeah, that's another one that I'm sticking on board with. Agreed. Um, DC also put out another number one uh, in um, from their their Kirby 100 uh, celebrating stories. Mm-hmm. We got the Manhunter oversized special um, written by Keith Giffen, Dan DiDio, um, Sam Humphreys. There's another story. Sam by Humphreys. Sam yeah, sorry. Sam Humphreys. We got one uh, some art by uh, Mark Mark Buckingham, and uh, the first of two books featuring art by Steve Rude this week. Um, did you read all of this? I did, actually. I did. Um, the first story, like, props to them trying to do their very best um, their very best Kirby. And it was pretty good fun. Yeah, like, I it think... was pretty silly, but it wasn't anything, like, 
wasn't anything amazing. Yeah, agreed. I, I don't have any connection to the character of Manhunter though, so maybe that may have you know made me enjoy it a bit more. Mm. But I do love the character of Etrigan the Demon, and uh, we got a great story written by Sam Humphreys with just incredible art by Steve Rude. But um, as the backup, Etrigan didn't speak in rhyme. It's the best slash most annoying part of the character, and I frankly will not stand for this non-rhyming Etrigan. As a writer. As a writer, what do you think is more annoying? Having to write Etrigan's um, speech in rhyme or having to write Bizarro's? Oh, Bizarro for sure. Bizarro would do my head in. Um, Did you like the story aside from the rhyming? I did. I did like that a lot. That was good fun. I enjoyed that a lot. But easily the best part of this issue is the, like, totally nuts backup story, which is sort of, like, really early Jack Kirby from kind of his romance comics era. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that, like, got a, this was so yeah. weird. <laughs> we got a very strange story called The Face Behind the Mask, um, which I really enjoyed too, but I thought it was so funny that they put this random story, because the other ones have kind of included, like, you know, the new, the Legion of Newsboys or mm. whatever it is, and the, um, whatever it was, there have been stories that relate to the other stories in the, uh, in the, in the one, one, in one shots we've been getting, mm. but this just had nothing to do with, uh, with Manhunter or, or the Demon. Yeah, it was it's awesome. It's just a very funny and we got a cool robot story as well. Yeah, it was a good. These are really, really great collections. Um, but I kind of just wish we, it was just all Kirby stuff, and like, and then maybe a, a, the backup is by a, a new creator. Yeah, then they probably wouldn't sell as many. Well, this is like um, we said, like oh, uh, um, a little while ago, what's what's Marvel doing to celebrate? And um, someone called James Perry emailed us in to say, yes, Marvel is celebrating. Kirby's hundreds there, um, which I should have, I should have realized. Um, Marvel are doing all these great um, True Believers Kirby number ones, where they're doing sort of the num- first issue of things like Journey into Mystery and sort of major Kirby works for a low low price of like one dollar an issue or something like that. So check those out at your local comic book store because um, that's yeah, a cool if thing. You just want the classic Kirby stuff without uh, other people trying to pretend to write like Kirby. Yeah, which we're going to get more of in this episode later on when we talk about DC books. Woo! But before we get there, we've got some other number ones to get through. Mm-hmm. We have um, a new one from Image, uh, from writer Doug Wagner, who uh, also wrote Plastic, mm-hmm. which was an Image book that finished this week, mm-hmm. much to my surprise. Mm. But uh, while what's the, what's the saying about something dies and something is born? A man dies sure and a man a is born. I don't know what that saying is. A comic, a comic dies and a comic is born. We get The Hard Place, issue one, by Doug Wagner, with art by Nick Rummel. And colors by Carly Kirchhoff. Kirchhoff, um, and this is a uh, where where plastic is a is a very over the top kind of. I don't know how to describe uh, plastic. Yeah, but it's still a crime book. This is this yeah. is a crime book as well. But this is uh, from the point of view of someone who's just gotten out of prison after he was a he was a getaway driver basically, um, and uh, this is him returning to his life and trying to stay away from crime, but also trying to make things right with the people who he used to work for so he knows they won't come after him now that he's out of jail. Um, I really like this. uh, Yeah, this is really, really fun. Um, There are very broad moments of, you know, someone getting out of jail kind of drama, Mm. but I think, you know, those are fun tropes to kind of revisit in comic format. Totally. And um, the story story moved quickly enough that it didn't really linger on these things. It would kind of just be like one panel of something you've kind of seen before in a comic and then we'll just quickly move the story forward, which which is good. Yep, and the art was very cool with some very cool um, sort of stylistic colouring choices to, yeah, to show I mean, the flashbacks and stuff like that, which was very nice. 
Yeah, I really like this art, Nick Rummel. He's he's going to be someone that I watch. It's very, like you said, it's very very stylized. Mm. Um, um, you know, urban <laughs> art. He was he was a good choice for this story, I think. Yeah, agreed. Um, so that's uh, another one. I think Doug Wagner's coming out as, a, as definitely a writer that I want to want. I will be keeping keeping tabs yeah, on. Yeah, I like Doug Wagner. So far, so good. Um, yeah, totally. And we'll be reviewing the last issue of uh, Plastic later on in the episode. Um, finally, we got two books from Marvel this week, two number ones, uh, the first of which is the new uh, Generations book. Mm-hmm. This one was uh, Generations The Thunder, featuring the Thor and the un- Unworthy Thor, um, written by um, Jason Aaron with art by Mahmoud Azra, colours by Jordi Belair, and uh, letters by Joe Sabino. Um, this uh, is basically yeah, the coming together of Jane Foster as Thor and then the unworthy Thor. So, uh, you know, it, the Odinson already exists in this Marvel universe. So this is actually Jane Foster going way, way, way back to a, um, a Thor who has never actually, he's not actually been able to lift the hammer in the first place. Um, we saw, we've seen Jason Aaron write this, write this version of the character in his run uh, long ago, and it was really fun to revisit this kind of more arrogant, war, bloodthirsty kind of Thor. Um, also, just like, him- he's like, he's such a doof. I love, yeah. I love like young Thor as this kind of like dumb jock bro. It's very pleasing. I, I would love yeah. a whole series of this bro. And of course, you know, like when paired with someone as like Jane Foster who has so much humility, mm. it's a it's a really it's a really good combo. And like she has, she thinks he's a goof, but also has the utmost respect for what he becomes. Mm. Um, and uh, this this actually revisits a moment from um, Rick Remender's Uncanny Avengers run. Mm-hmm. When Thor fought Apocalypse, mm-hmm. um, and so we see the two Thors teaming up to fight Apocalypse, um, but the battle is not really you know the main part of this story. It's about like deception via a very disgusting looking Loki, and um, I think this definitely has ramifications for the future of of Jason Aaron's Thor run as well, mm-hmm. which I think is really really cool to see in a, you know in a one shot like this. Also, I liked. Um how many sort of thought bubbles were used in this? Yes, definitely. He, he really, he really does a great job of, of mostly with Jane mm. showing what Jane thinks. Oh, Shatterstar has the hiccup. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, can you hear the little squeak toy? That's that's a that's an actual baby. Is he is he got the sleep hiccups or the awake? Oh no, hiccups? he has the awake angry hiccups. Right. Um, I also love that um, this sets up um, the Marvel legacy number one mm-hmm. that Jason Aaron's working on mm-hmm. uh, because in this one um, Odin Thor's father has a relationship with the Phoenix <laughs> that was so good and being like oh the Phoenix I miss when we dated the Phoenix like leave me alone Odin that was good <laughs> I enjoyed that so I think of the um, of the Generations books this is easily the most uh, essential mm-hmm. of the bunch so far and uh, after getting the really good issue of Wolverines last week as well um, these are under a good role yep agreed we also got the Dr. Afra annual from Marvel this week, I which see. is written by... This is quite fun, um, not doing the podcast face-to-face, because I can't see in the pile what stuff I didn't read that <laughs> you did read. <laughs> I didn't read this. <laughs> um, this is the last number one I read. Did you read any, any others? Yeah, I did, from Valiant. Oh, I didn't get the fucking Valiant ah, one. Sucked in. Damn it, Scott. Damn it. <laughs> the wrong Scott packed my comics. No, oh, see, that's your first mistake. <laughs> Never get the wrong Scott. Uh, uh, written by Kieran Gillen with Mark Laming and Will Sliney on art. Um, cool name. This, this, uh, this is actually a very fun little annual. Um, and 
basically it tells the kind of origin story or one of the early stories of um, of the Wookiee on Doctor Afra's um, like in her crew. Um, what's his name? Black Kerr Santon. Something like that. Uh, you know that. That, that real, real aggressive Wookiee that she has. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a, a really fun story featuring these two reporters that really want to interview him about, you know, his early days and how he came to be the, the warrior that he became. Um, I thought this, this was just a, a very fun little one shot that, um, that uh, I think, you know, I, I think these Star Wars comics are better when they're one and done's when they become that serialized, you know, big cliffhangery nonsense that comics is more prone to doing. It doesn't feel as much as like Star Wars. So it's fun reading a kind of contained story like this. Mm. Cool. Tell me about the Valiant book that I missed. Um, I totally intended to pick up. So I read War Mother, issue one, from uh, Fred Van Lente and Stephen Segovia, with colours by Mm -hmm. Elmer Santos. Um, This is one of the books set in the 4001 AD universe. Um, And so I think it's from post that 4001 AD sort of event with Harada and all that kind of stuff. Valiant people will hopefully know what I'm talking about. Um, but this was a really good, fun book about a woman who is the sort of um, leader of this community that live in an area called the Grove. But unfortunately, supplies are running out. And so she has to lead them to hopefully a new location. And this is just like really good, fun, post sort of dystopian sci-fi goodness. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a really good jumping on point um, for people who don't know about that much about the Valiant universe. Um, they're getting really they're getting it. really good at that. Yeah, at creating very good jumping on points. I think they're realizing how many more people are interested in, in picking up their books, and I think doing 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 great jumping on points is uh, is definitely them you know listening to their mm-hmm. their potential readers. Yeah, agreed. It's a good one. Yeah, I cool. Definitely recommend people pick it up, and I'm going to be continuing to read this. And it's got I it's again it's got that sick um little uh, preview of Eternity in the back. Good lord, that yep. looks good the next Matt Kint and Trevor Hairsign event. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that one. Awesome. So those are our reviews of all the number ones that came out last week. Uh, did you read them? Did you like them? Let us know. Uh, you can come and join us online, facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast and chat away about all the number ones that we may have missed or that you enjoyed. Um, now, Siobhan, normally we would roll a dice to see whether we review Image, DC or Marvel yet, but this week... I realized, um, you know, time is finite uh, in general, but also <laughs> with this episode. Um, we don't have as, as long as we usually would. So I want to talk about all the other publishers first. Okay, cool. Because they were all my favorite books this week. Nice. Um, so I want to kick off this uh, review session with, and we will get to DC and Marvel, I promise, and Image, but Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, yeah. Issue number eight. I mean, first of all, the fact that we got another one so soon after issue seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I feel like it was it was like you know less than two months ago that we got issue seven, but there was a massive gap between issues before that. Mm-hmm. This is the um, the horror um, comic uh, featuring Sabrina the Teenage Witch, put out through Archie Horror, written by Roberto Aguaya Sacasa and Robert Hack on art. Um, and uh, basically, um, Sabrina has fallen in love with a boy who then discovers that she is a witch, but she is not like the kind of fun has a talking cat and can do like, you know, dumb flying magic stuff like you usually see in Archie book. She is a for real uh, witch that kills people and has uh, rituals and drinks blood and has evil uh, witch parents, yep. witch, witch stepmothers. What are they? Her aunts. aunts. Her aunts. And some um, serious and Lovecraft vibes. That's right. And uh, so her new boyfriend discovers th- that she is a witch in, 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 in the middle of a ritual and is murdered 
and so he has uh, she basically she has used very dark witchcraft to bring him back, um, and she hasn't really brought who she thinks she has back. Uh, this is a very sinister comic um, that manages to be kind of fun and lighthearted like you would expect from an Archie book while also being extremely gruesome and unsettling at the same time. Completely horrifying. I love how much <laughs> they're really into like a creepy incest vibe for this sort of um, like in this book and then also the Afterlife with Archie book. There were some creepy yep. incest vibes in that as well. They really toe that line quite a lot and it's very unsettling. Yeah, it's. Uh, I also love that they directly reference Afterlife with Archie mm-hmm. in this when um, she she walks past uh, Jughead mm-hmm. and uh, sees a vision of him in another world, which is the Afterlife with Archie world. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was really really fun. Um, and I just yeah, I mean everything about this book, the the um, Robert Hack's art is actually getting better and better. Absolutely, I love how um, um it, like how much he's sort of photo referenced Zac Efron. For um, oh, really? for Harvey Kinkle, oh, yeah. it's, it just looks so exactly like Zac Efron. But I'm really into it. I think that's <laughs> like that's a hilarious good call. Um, and the like gross like when you see sort of um, Hilda and Zelda's true form, and they're like proper gross witches with like hairy armpits and like claws and fangs. So good. Yeah, like really like yeah, like big big parts of their faces kind of revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really grotesque and excellent. He's he's monster stuff. Like you said, it's very Lovecraftian and. And uh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is far and away my favorite book that I read this week. Yeah, um, good fun. And, uh, I never learn not to read what I know is going to be my favorite book first, mm. because then it makes the rest of the comics harder. Huge mistake. Um, <laughs> but a, a book that I loved just as much as Sabrina, almost as much, uh, was Black Hammer issue twelve. Ah, um, what a good book. Out through Art through Dark Horse. Um, this was written by Jeff Lemire with filling art by David Rubin. And uh, this basically was a story all about the daughter of Black Hammer, Mm -hmm. who is uh, one of the superheroes stranded in uh, the town that all of the heroes have been stranded in in, in this series. Except he he died. Yeah, that's right. So we find out he's dead in the very first issue. Um, And uh, she doesn't know that. And so this um, basically tells her her life, 10 years of her life from the funeral of her father um, to... Basically, like her finding his secret superhero lab, mm. and um, and and finding a recorded message of of him telling her to just give it up, to not not to re- let go of any attachment she has to the Black Hammer and live her own life. Um, and uh, of course, she's not going to do that because we know that she is in the. She's actually now moved to the. Uh, she's made her way to the same place that all the other heroes are stranded. Um, but uh, I loved that the character of Dr. Star, who mm-hmm. is like an older superhero who's assisting her is, um, na- his name is Jimmy Robinson. Yeah, that was cute. So, which is a clear, a clear reference to, uh, James Robinson, who is, you know, quite renowned for his, his love of the golden age superheroes. He even wrote a great, great series called the golden age. And, uh, of course, Starboy as well. So his, his character name of Dr. Star is a direct reference to that. That was a cute little homage from Lemire to, to another great writer. This is such a fun comic because it is like, by itself you could recommend this to just about anyone but if you are a sort of comic book fan and you have a knowledge of the golden age and you have a knowledge of sort of comic books western american comic books in general you get little bonus fun bits and pieces like that it's really good yeah definitely and david rubin's art like i just and also he does all the his own colors doesn't he yeah i think so um he does usually in his books He's fantastic. The gradients that he uses, um, you know, just from one side of the panel to the other, it's never, it's never the flat. It's a, he always, it's yeah, it's it's his, his art is alive. Yeah, it's excellent. Agreed. 
Um, there, there's, no, there's, there are a few better fill-in artists than David Rubin, that's for sure. Mm. Um, also from Dark Horse this week, I read Depth, issue number 17 by Matt Kint and Charlene Kint. Are you still reading this? Or no, no? I've fully, I fully fallen off. Um, this was a brilliant issue that um, basically told the backstory between the main character and another one of the uh, characters who's stranded underwater. Um, again, with the usual side of complete misery and heartbreak that Matt Kent is uh, akin to uh, filling all of his stories with. But, um, yeah, look, I, um, th- th- this book started out as what I thought was going to be quite a short mystery tale. But um, in, in, in delving into the backstories of all the characters who were trapped um, in the sea, um, it's uh, become some, quite, of an epi- quite an epic. And um, I, I, I doubt that this is going to be ending anytime soon. Um, we, we mentioned Sabrina earlier, um, and I, I should have immediately seed from that to Archie, issue number 23. I was going to um, say. <laughs> written by Mark Wade and very excitingly featuring Audrey Mock mm-hmm. on art. Or Moke? How do you say her name? I don't know. I would say uh, Colors by Kelly Fitzpatrick. Um, and this continues the story um, of uh, basically um, Betty getting injured in a car accident. I totally um, called it. Yep. I think you did. Um, Great job, me. But uh, <laughs> this was uh, you know, her finding out that she is, needs to basically, basically she's paralyzed and she's going to have to learn how to walk again. Um, I did think that, that like the ending where they spell out BC and a big love heart in lights was super lame. Yeah, super duper lame. Who's that what helping, I- Archie? You're so shit at this. <laughs> but this was basically Archie trying to do something beautiful for Betty because she's done so much for him and all of Riverdale and he, she needs to know that all of Riverdale will, is there to support her. Um, I mean, I would have just thought that just having everyone come to visit her in the hospital would be enough, but uh, <laughs> in, yeah, instead he accidentally organises a massive candlelight vigil that she can't even see. Yeah, so, and yeah. also, like, who does candlelight vigils for people who are still alive? I find that whole... <laughs> This is very odd, and this is a really Wade misses the mark occasionally. <laughs> this is a really weird way to take this book. Like, I don't know. I feel weird about this story arc. Uh, at least we know that this isn't going to be a permanent change. For, yeah, for, for sure. Betty. Uh, and she'll be mending cars and walking around in no time. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I got I got to just say it's so good to see Audrey Mock on this book after yeah. getting having some not not as impressive art the last few issues. She suits this book really well. Agreed. And the Greg Smallwood cover was excellent. Yes. Did you get that one with the big question mark? Yep. Yes, I did. That was really nice. Um, Another of our favorite books every time it comes out is Heathen. Um, And we got issue five um, through Vault Comics this week, written by Natasha Alterici with, um, she does actually, so she's writes and does the art, colors, inks, and uh, letters are done by Rachel Deering. Um, And this is the excellent um, kind of Norse mythology book that um, is about a, uh, a, a woman who's been shunned from her her, her village um, for fancying other women, and uh, to redeem herself, uh, or I guess kind of do something with her life, she is uh, trying to free a god. Yep. Um, and she this is this, this was like this is almost a one shot this mm. issue um, of her basically um, basically she, she she needs to go. She needs to travel up north in uh, in untamed waters that no sailor will dare cross, and um, she manages to convince the sailors to to take her on her voyage by getting some uh, mermaids, some very evil, bloodthirsty mermaids who have stolen another god's 
coat that allows him to take the forms of uh, a- different animals. Um, and uh, she manages to convince them to be her guide by giving them apples. This was really lovely. And this was a really cute I, issue. I, unbelievable issue. And I, I think Natasha Alterici is, just from you know these five issues of Heathen, I really hope that that she gets the chance to actually write a Thor book for Marvel at some point. Yeah. Because she has a great understanding of the mythology and also just her character work is, is great. Her, being able to write... It, you know, such fantastic creatures without it being so kind of fey and mm-hmm. kind of over the top. She's, she, it, her characters are very grounded um, personality-wise. And, and I'm excited uh, think, to see where this band, like um, there's a whole sort of troop of sort of almost female pirates. I'm very, very geeked to see where they go. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. Um, and I, I just, I hope it goes for a long time. I hope, well, lots of people start reading it. Um because her art is uh, is phenomenal mm-hmm. too, and beautiful mute, muted color um, color set mm-hmm. too. Really good. Fun. Yeah, she's a she's a great talent, Natasha Alterici. That I hope I see lots and lots from in the future. Agreed. Um, over to aftershock now for the fifth issue of Shipwreck by Warren Ellis and Phil Hester. And it's finally um, all can... starting to make sense. <laughs> yeah, it really is, isn't it? Um, this uh, this book began with a man uh, from our Earth uh, shipwrecked in a, in a in a on an Earth that was nothing like ours. Um, and we've kind of been learning more and more about how he got there what and he was what doing. technology. That's right. And the technology that he possesses to potentially go back. Um, I thought this is really cool. Yeah. His art is, is excellent. Yeah. There um, was some really we, like incredible pages with incredible colors from Mark Englert. Yep. Um, and uh, it's a good, you know, it's a great example of a, a Warren Ellis book that doesn't entirely make sense for three to four issues and then suddenly it all comes together and you're very happy that you stuck with it. Absolutely. Um, Super finally from Valiant, definitely from Valiant, um, Exo Manowar issue number six, um, finally sees, um, what's his name? Eric, mm-hmm. um, call, call upon his armor that he's been stashing away, uh, in, in a, in a cupboard at his wife's house. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I like this, you know, he, he's in this world where you, he can't really trust ever, anybody. Mm. Um, and, and basically, no matter where he is, he's always called upon to be the great warrior. And this is him kind of accepting that and doing what needs to be done. But in order to do it, he needs the, uh, the, the armor that he's tried to live so long without. Very good. Good summation. And, uh, the painted artwork by um, Doug Braithwaite. Again, this is written by Matt Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, colors by Diego Rodriguez. Um, it's very special, isn't it? Yeah, it's like is a, it painted. It's, I don't know. I mean, hard to say. I would say it's probably digitally it, colored, but um, yeah, it's still like uh, definitely gives you that sort of um, Conan esque, but definitely. future Conan, future Conan with future robot Conan parts and laser swords. So good. <laughs> yeah, such a fun, such a fun series. Uh, I read so, one uh, more from oh, Boom. Yeah? That oh, you, um, what, I don't. I missed the first issue, but the cover was so intriguing. I was like, "Ooh, I simply must." Sisters of Sorrow. Did you read the first issue oh. of that? <laughs> yeah, did not like the first issue of that. Right, at all. Okay, a- <laughs> I quite like the second issue. I didn't really know what this what the vibe was. Are these women all living in like a shelter together? Yeah, they decide to um, go kill which, people. Which prompted which prompted that week's guest uh, Wayne to say, "How come there are no men in the shelter?" Nice. <laughs> Classic Wayne. Not missing the point at all, Wayne. <laughs> Good job, Wayne. Anyway, this is some sick, like, uh, exploitation-y, revenge fantasy 
nonsense where they dress up as nuns. Pretty silly. Yeah, so Very here's the silly. thing. They, the, the first issue, they didn't dress up at non, as nuns. Right. So on, on the cover, it was like a nun with a gun. And I was like, hell yeah, nuns with guns. <laughs> and that didn't, didn't give me what I wanted. And, and it, it didn't really feel quite exploitationly enough it, right. it just felt very um broad and um and lazily written right well this issue i think was probably better i do wish that they were actually nuns but yeah. no they just dress up as nuns but it was fine someone give us someone gives us give us a nuns with guns comic i found my calling. someone <laughs> uh, so those are our other publishers reviews it felt fun starting the episode with them instead of leaving them till last we just now we're gonna roll like the that. dice and now we're going to roll the dice and, and burn through these other books. Nice. Uh, so, rolled um, I, so I, I rolled a four, which in my head I'd already decided is Marvel. So we're going to do Marvel first, and then we're going to do um, Image, and then DC. Cool. Um, so let's start off with Marvel Secret Empire number nine. Uh, we are one issue away from the end of Secret Empire, except for the like final ep- uh, epilogue issue. Right. So there's two more issues, <laughs> two issues. left. Um, this was written by Nick Spencer with returning um, artists Lionel Francis Yu, Rod Reyes, and Joe Bennett on art. Always, um, always good to have three different artists in one issue. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the Rod Reyes yeah. stuff works because he's doing flashbacky stuff. Um, but um, I really don't like Lionel Yu's stuff on this. I feel, I mean, I feel bad for him because it's obvious he hasn't had the time that yeah. he normally gets to work on. Uh, a book. He's. It, it, you can see a lot of facial features and things left out of his artwork. Mm. Um, but from a story point of view, I'm, I'm. I think this is actually wrapping up quite well. Yeah, they're doing like. It's sort of nice to see, like Nick Spencer's clearly always had an endpoint in sight. That's right. And it's nice to see all that stuff kind of coming together. And it's. It is nice to have a book that's kind of trying to make a point. You know. What's that? What is that point? Fascism is bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so brave. Um, but also, like, you know, obviously this is a very, like, um, contemporarily relevant book about sort of power and, you know, heroes not being what they seem and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's, I think it's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good, fun book. My one criticism was that Black Panther was not the badass that I like him to be in this. You like he, you like the toughest T'Challa. Yeah, that's right. I like Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I like, like no one can beat him in battle mm. no matter what. I like see Wakanda and die mm. T'Challa. But, um, uh, you know, he, 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 we see most of him captured by, by Captain America. He does escape in spectacular fashion, um, but um, not spectacular enough. I liked the little Sharon Carter thing as well. That was cool. Uh, my favorite part of this book actually came from uh, two of the villains, Black Ant and Taskmaster, just deciding to switch sides when, it, when they realize that they're on the losing side. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great moment of comedy in an otherwise quite serious issue. Um, I like it when they I, call I, him I, Hair Gel Hulk. That was pretty funny. That's right. <laughs> um, I really, I also think it's, you know, it's, it's cool that, you know, normally we get a really strong start to big events. Then you get the filler issues mm. and then you get a really disappointing ending. Bendis. And as far as I can tell, this is not going to, this is, you know, we, we, got, the, we got the quite intriguing, fun start. <clears throat> we definitely got the lull in the middle of the issues, but this seems to be wrapping up quite strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I almost don't care if it doesn't have any ramifications for the future of Marvel. If they just end it as a good story, mm. like Secret, like um, uh, Secret Wars did, mm-hmm. Hickman, yeah, the, um, uh, I'll be I'll be satisfied. Agreed. And more events should try and do that. It's, it's it's less about moving things forward in the universe than it is just telling a good story first and foremost. That would be nice. Um, also in the Eventscape uh, this week, we got Edge of Venomverse issue number five. Oh, I um, didn't read written... this. I only have two other Marvel books. <laughs> Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so this was written by Clay McLeod Chapman, who's a writer that I'm not familiar with. The art, Siobhan, was by James Stoker. Oh, for Pete's sake, Siobhan. Why did um, you But you I can that? tell why you didn't pick it up. Deadpool's on the front. This yeah, is all, book exactly. all about Deadpool fusing with Venom. So we got a Deadpool and Venom book drawn by James Stoker. God damn the it. art was incredible. The writing, I did not like one bit. Oh, well. Sorry, um, you can just look at it. Um, let's hear a little guest review from Patreon reviewer Tim Tom Burton. Thanks, Tom. Uh, you can become you can become a Patreon reviewer by hitting up our Patreon page, patreoncom podcast and uh, supporting to the uh, contributor level. Um, Tom says of this book, "I wasn't very excited to read this comic. I feel like it's easy to write Deadpool in a way that makes you roll your eyes more than you laugh. But man, I had so much fun reading this." This series keeps going back and forth for me with fun books, but also real boring and uninteresting ones. This issue had me smiling almost the whole way through. There were so many points of this book that I loved and enjoyed. The Venom symbiote turning into a heart when he sees Deadpool was wonderful. (laughs) And Deadpool spraying a lady in in the face with his blood after she cuts off his arm was hilarious to me. I suppose even though so far the series has been hits and misses, it's done its job because I'll definitely be reading Venomverse after this. Tom, I agree with you. Um, it has its ups and downs. Even this issue had its ups and downs for me. Its ups were the art was phenomenal. Its downs were the writing was kind of dumb. But who wrote the art? Uh, who wrote dead. it? Sorry, who wrote the art? Good. I've never heard of this guy. His name is Clay McLeod Chapman. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Tom, for that review. Much more concise than I could ever be. <laughs> um, what other two Marvel books did you read? <laughs> I read Doctor Strange. Let's talk about that one. Yay. <laughs> Great art. Dennis Hopeless. I think this, is the, this is the last Dennis Hopeless issue of Doctor Strange. Huh. Um, Dennis Hopeless and um, art by Nico Henrichon, who did the colours on this book too. Extremely, extremely um, nice the, art. Yeah, this is the, this is the big kind of team up of uh, Doctor Strange, Kingpin, Jessica Drew as Spider Woman, and Ben Ben. Is it Ulrich? Yeah. Oh, Ulrich. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, from from ex Daily Planet now freelance writer um, slash but also magical yeah. sword guy <laughs> for for this for this arc only um, as we see them all kind of use magic what what little magic is left in the uh, the darkened version of Manhattan that's been part of Secret Empire to take on Baron Baron Mordo. Um, this is just a big, fun, silly yeah. magic adventure book. I liked how um, silly that, Baron uh, Mordo was. <laughs> this was like yes, a really absolutely. silly version of him. I was into it. Um, yeah, I thought th- I thought this is this is super fun, and um, I wish that Dennis Hopeless was able to stay with the character post Secret Empire because he had a great grasp of um, of kind of Jason Aaron's take on the on J- on Doctor Strange, but also gave it a, his own spin. Mm. Um, so next week we get the first. Sorry, next month we get the first issue written by Donny Cates. Oh, interesting. So yeah, I'll be sticking around to see what he does with this series because uh, it's been fun having Doctor Strange every month. Mm, agreed. And I like how classic the Kevin Nolan cover for next um for next month is. I think it's yes, Kevin Nolan. Agreed. It looks like him. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, who, what else did you read? I read Punisher. Punisher. This issue is issue uh, fifteen. One one of the last issues of uh, of Becky Cloonan. Becky Cloonan's long-running, well, yes, 15 issues, long for Marvel, Mm. running um, uh, Punisher series. Uh, It started out, we got 12 issues of a long-running story, um, and then the last three issues have just been one-shots of of Frank returning to New York, and these are just like little one-and-done adventures of him in New York. (laughs) Um, with different art, artists for each uh, each story. Art on this one was by Matt Horak, with colours by Lee Lurridge. Doing a very um, good Steve Dillon sort of yes, inspired definitely. Um, Punisher um, story. I really liked this. I love little, like, just one-shot stories for Punisher, um, and this was really good fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a, um, a kind of article up on um, on AV Club this week that was kind of celebrating all of the work that Blecky, Becky Cloonan has done with her Punisher run mm. and just kind of just saying what a great take that she had on the character. Um, and then I was very sad to see in the comments a lot of uh, angry men disagreeing and saying it was the worst run of the Punisher ever. People are so I'd... boring. <laughs> I, like, I don't think this is that different to other other Punisher runs. I think she has a really, very good handle on the character. I just think that they're like, you know... She decided not to take it down the Frank Castle as a complete monster vibe mm. that lots of people do. She's trying to, you know, not make him relatable, but just kind of put him in situations where you understand what he's doing a bit more. But I like, like, he was, he's pretty crazy in this. Yeah, that's true. He loves murdering. Yeah. <laughs> this is all about um, him taking down someone who uh, has been murdering people by pushing them in front of trains. Yeah. Uh, which, is a, which is no good, but I love that he has, like, a team-up in this issue with uh, a homeless guy that live, living in the train tunnels yep. who's like an, an, ex, an ex-cop. Um, I thought this was, that was, that, this was great. It was really great, funny great little issue. touches as well. Like at the end, he celebrates by having a coffee out of his Nelson and Murdoch coffee mug and he puts his feet up on his desk and he has little Punisher skulls on the soles of his shoes. <laughs> that's some I, funny I, little I, visual I gags they're, <laughs> they're like, they're slippers to me, oh. right? That's his, that's his like reclining slippers. Gorgeous. <laughs> so nice. I want those. Please make those, Marvel. I will wear them for sure. Um, so I'll burn through a few books that I read that Siobhan didn't. Nice. I've got three. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again. Uh, continued this kind of, you know, dumb Deadpool killing everybody in the Marvel Universe book uh, written by Cullen Bunn with excellent art by Dalibor Talajic. Um, and I think that's what makes me enjoy the book so much is that whenever um, Deadpool kills a bunch of heroes, he hallucinates that he is kind of like in a differently stylized um, comic or cartoon. So we got like a kind of like 
manga kind of robot section as he um, takes out a bunch of characters and then and then he kills like power pack Ms. Marvel moon girl and devil dinosaur but you don't see that happen you just see him playing hide and seek with him in, in, in like this all ages kind of drawn <laughs> thing and then it cuts to the real world and there are all these crowd going oh my god why they're just kids <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying this it's that's very fun. silly but it knows it's silly and yeah. that's the best kind of silly absolutely um, I also read uh, the fourth issue of James Robinson's Cable book um, which is him kind of time traveling um, to try and find these parts of some weird time sword before the villain Conquest finds them. So we've had him like go through different ages. This sees him um, basically Conquest has teamed up with Rasputin. Nice. <laughs> oh man, I'm sad I didn't get around to this one. Is it Rasputin or Rasputin? Um, I don't know. Russian listeners, let us know. <laughs> um, and uh, we actually have, I looked at the, the stats of where we have listeners. We actually have quite a few Russian listeners. Really? So shouts to Russia. Yeah, wow. yeah. Weird. Yeah, you'll be like, it's, it's really weird. Uh, like Sweden and Germany have like, uh, like thousands of people listening from there. That's, so, what? Yeah. Hello. Very, very surprising. But yeah, if you are Swedish or German, uh, let us know. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm really keen to hear from like, you know, if you think you, you know, because like, we expect listeners in, you know, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, mm. America, UK. But uh, if you live outside of there and listen, let, let, let us know. Yeah. Um, especially if we continually mispronounce the names of people who are from your countries or misreferences uh, <laughs> that are important to you. Just let us know. Yes, please. As angrily as you like. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't totally been enjoying this series, um, but uh, it suddenly everything clicked into place, this issue. And uh, I'm excited to see. Like, basically, Cable's been chasing after Conquest this whole time. And uh, this issue ended with him knowing where the final piece of the Time Sword is. And he said, you, you chase me now. And so he, he goes to a, uh, a land of the dinosaurs, time of the dinosaurs, uh, which is where the kind of final part of this battle is going to take place. Well, fun. Nice. Um, finally, I read Daredevil. Issue number um, 25, which sees Matt Murdock go to the High Court um, in, uh, in order to, um, sorry, the Supreme Court, um, in order to kind of uh, finalize this uh, case that he's been trying to put together um, to make superheroes able to testify without revealing their identity, um, which he thinks will stop crime forever. <laughs> um, and the biggest uh, person opposing that is Wilson Fisk. So he hires Tombstone to basically uh, take out Matt Murdock if um, a, a um, attorney that, that he's hired, like a very good attorney, isn't able to counter the case, um, you know, the legal way. So Tombstone is his plan B. And there's a great moment where Tombstone kind of betrays the Kingpin just because he can. And um, it, I, I love the character of Tombstone and Charles Soule wrote him really, really well in this issue. Um, and uh, it looks like we get a nice, fun, angry Kingpin in the next issue, which is a very good kind of Kingpin. Mm, cool. Those are our Marvel reviews, which means we're going to talk about image books next. Um, do you want to pick the ones that you've read first? I reckon, <laughs> before I take away your pick, Underwinter issue six was the final issue of this first arc, mm-hmm. uh, written by written and drawn by Ray Fox. Uh, this is a uh, another very unsettling horror mm. comic uh, that was basically kind of uh, Ray Fox doing very uh, Sankovich, Bill Sankovich mm-hmm. kind of style painted work. With um, it's about a string quartet who are made to perform blindfolded to a like a an entity, mm, a scary um, bird god thing. Yeah, and uh, 
everything turned to shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and and this is a really horrific farewell to these characters. And it's so um, astonishing that this is just like the first arc. Like, where is this going to go next? All the characters are dead. <laughs> Everyone's dead. Yeah, totally. So look, I would I reckon this will read really well in trade. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to reread it when it all comes out in a, in a nice, uh, easy to pick up trade. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Image always put out those very cheap first trades. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely pick this up if you are a, a fan of uh, comics that are a little left of the cent- left of left of center. Mm-hmm. This isn't this is pretty you know pretty different to what what, what the other comics we read. Um, but it was really captivating, really weird and cool. Um, and in October we get um, Underwinter, a field of feathers. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, same. Red Fox. Thank you for this very cool book. Um, we also got a bizarre V end at the end of uh, Renato Jones Freelancer number three. Did oh my you God. read this? Yeah, is that the end? No, it's not. I don't. It's I don't not. think so. But it ends with um, uh, the now president um, basically firing nukes on what looks like most of the of the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a nuclear explosion. Um, that just says that, the uh, end in the middle of it. The end. The end. Boom. <laughs> I mean, this book is so interesting because, like, how how close up to the release date was he doing edits? And how, or is, like, does he just see the future? Because yes, this book it's, it's v- predicts a huge amount about what's going on in American politics right now. Yeah, totally. With, uh, you know, basically, you know, Donald Trump being somewhat of a puppet for the much more evil people that are on his uh, cabinet and then the kind of hiring and firing of people that have nothing to do with the things they represent. Um, it's all in here. And problems and with North get- Korea and the Boy Scouts get a mention and China and the Kremlin and it's all very but weirdly, hilariously it's not, re- it's not It's not really heavy-handed. No. Like it's quite... It's quite lighthearted and fun to kind of have this element to the book. Yes, it's um, it's a and, very silly social commentary, but I, I'm really into it. Um, I was a little bit confused with the flashback slash mm-hmm. acid. I don't know, like vague hallucination flashback thing in the middle of the book. Mm. But uh, this is the kind of book that you just kind of roll with it yeah, and keep reading. And you it just have to go with it. Point. Uh, yeah, Kyle Carr and Andrews writes this book, um, and it's uh, it's it's a really fun one to read, and it's a great one to pick up in single issue format because there are all these fake ads um, for these disgusting products that he that he gets people to model for, and they're very funny. Yeah, my, like wealth care, <laughs> very funny. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, another book that featured a massive explosion at the end of it, nice. a nuclear one of that was uh, the Dying and the Dead. Oh by my Jonathan goodness! Hickman what a good issue! And Ryan Bodenheim. Now, this is a book that um, has the most hilariously long delayed between issues. Um, I think it was between issues three and four. Yeah, I think Hickman's doing it on d- purpose. Just to yeah, upset I people. Don't, I, have no, I have no idea what, what happened in those issues. No. Um, I, one, day I, one day I will go back and read. But the thing that's but, great is that the last two issues have read so strong. Like, I don't even remember what happened in the last issue. But yeah. they're so good as just standalone little one-shots. That's right. So this is a uh, basically a, a, a tale of um, of soldiers fighting in a war and um, them trying to make sense of why we fight and what war means. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it, it, they're as far as advancing the plot of the overall story that Dying in the Dead tries to tell, it doesn't really do that so much as just kind of sets the tone of what Hickman is doing with this series. Um, there, there are preview pages for what's coming up next in Dying in the Dead. I don't and, know who any um, of those people are. 
No, but it's like I, it makes me realize. Oh yeah, there's all this supernatural stuff to this, yeah. <laughs> um, to this series, which isn't on display at all in this issue. It's a very grounded war book with incredible, absolutely incredible art, yeah, um, and colors by Ryan Bodenheim and Michael Garland. Really beautiful, um, and uh, great lettering by Russ Wooten as well. Um, this is a sick issue. One of my favorites of the week too. Agreed. Um, did you read Eternal Empire? I did. Issue number four. I did. I like um, this by. Sarah Vaughan and Jonathan Luna, um, who are better, best known for their work on Alex and Ada mm-hmm. together. Um, this is about um, a like, dystopian future or another world where um, people are enslaved um, and uh, two, two people from different tribes that have been enslaved by the same... Uh, like, I don't know what other, you call them. Other, other group. Yeah. People with tails. I didn't realize That's those right. guys they had got, tails. They got tails. But the two people from these separate tribes um, escape their, their, where, they're, where they're being held um, and um, they develop like kind of superpowers that they're able to kind of make these fire swords come out of their hands. Um, it's a weirdly sweet and kind mm-hmm. of uh, insular kind of story for something so fantastic. Absolutely. It's um, like this bizarrely grounded high fantasy, which I'm very yeah. into. Yeah, uh, the Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughan are very good at, um, at character relationships in their books. Relationships, exactly. Um, and we see them kind of practicing with their powers and working up to taking on some of the bad, the bad guys that have been enslaving other tribes. Um, I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah, really fun. It's a very, very unique series. And really beautiful art. It looks great. And they've done such a lot of like um, really solid world building. So there's, they don't need to do a lot of exposition. You just kind of go along with it. Um, Generation oh. Gone, issue number two. Oh, no, I missed that. By, written by Alice Scott and um, uh, by Andre Lima Arajo. Um, I, don't, I won't spoil this for you or anyone listening, but this is the book about um, three teenagers who um, hack into um, the equivalent of like NASA or, but um, someone, gives, someone feeds them a code that basically unlocks something in their brain that gives them superpowers. So now one of them can fly. One of them ha- is like, ha- is really tough and ha- like Luke Cage, basically, um, he, his skin can't break. And then the other one, we haven't worked out what his superpower is. But this is them kind of learning what their powers are, figuring out what, what to do next. Um, and um, we also see from the other side the, the the man who has sent them the code and the 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 shady government agency that he works for dealing with the repercussions of this code. Um, I really enjoy this. The art's really fun. The only thing I don't like is how heavy-handed they are with the the girl's boyfriend, like one of the three, is just a real big dick. Yeah. And like he's sexist and he's racist and like... You don't understand like we why know they're dating. That yeah, exactly. And we know that, that it's going to make him become a bad guy at some point, but it's like, it's a little bit too obvious. But there's enough There's enough other very cool, interesting stuff, especially with the, um, the guy who created the code in the first place and his backstory, which is tragic. But we learn, yeah, basically that this is... His plan is to basically give all children powers cool i'm into it yeah unless it's going to be like um, that reign of the superman story arc from teen titans uh, that wasn't great <laughs> um so i really enjoyed that um did you read the fifth issue of redneck no i didn't get up to it i missed a couple of things this week guys as is becoming apparent sorry donny cates lisandro estherin and d Kneef out through skybound on image um the vampire book um out through image um kind of sees the the guy who's not quite as powerful a vampire as the others that was kind of turned regrettably um, 
not it's not as old as the other vampires as well. We see him kind of come into his own and kind of become the hero in this issue. And uh, we learn who the real bad guy is. And uh, it won't shock you when you re- when you realize it. But is it I a little girl? It no, it's not. No. I thought that would be shocking. Miss. <laughs> <laughs> um, shirtless bear fighter number three. So fun. By this book is more yeah, fun than I'm I should kind of, give it credit. I'm getting I'm getting over it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's endless jokes about fighting bears. I kind of just wish it was like one issue. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I um, this it the concept does have its limitations. <laughs> Um, but um, it's if, silly if, enough. If they just let us know, yeah. If they, if they let us know that there was like two or three more issues left, I'd be happier with it. But knowing that this could be like a sixty-issue run is actually a bit terrifying. <laughs> is that what they're planning? <laughs> no, I doubt oh. it. But like, I don't know. I just, I just want to know it's going to end soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair um, th- there are some funny jokes in this issue, though. Yeah. Um, finally, I read um, Lazarus X Plus Sixty Six, which is the kind of fill-in. Uh, mini-series that we're getting while um, regular artist Michael Lark takes a break. It's written by Greg Rucker. This one has art by Mac Chater, who is so fucking prolific at the moment. Mm. Um, he's been doing um, Briggsland. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been doing a bunch of um, some of the art in the Black Panther and the crew recently as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did the full issue on this one, which uh, kind of uh, gives us um, r- r- kind of uh, brings us up, up, to, up to speed with one of the other families in this uh, in the world of the Lazarus, um, and we and we catch up with uh, the Lazarus that was forced to uh, strike the um, the the main Lazarus of this book. Lazarus is like the, fa- the different families have uh, someone who is like their protector that can never die, really. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a really really interesting seeing how the other families in this world work compared to the the Carlisles that we see in the main book and uh, we see an, yet another kind of tragic backstory um, of someone that's forced to do a bunch of shit that he doesn't want just because of the state of this world nice um, now Siobhan I left this till last yep um, we should uh, um, this is the fifth and final surprise final issue of a book that we loved a lot mm-hmm. uh, Plastic written by uh, Doug Wagner Daniel Hilliard on art and colours by Laura Martin um Indescribable. Yeah. You, d- you described it as earlier. Um, it's about a uh, a man who is in love with a plastic doll, mm-hmm. um, who and she is taken away from him, mm-hmm. um, and he goes on a killing rampage and, and teams up with a, a, f- a a former like we assume he's a former serial killer who was never caught. Oh, I, I assumed he was a former like agent. I thought that they were talking about a serial killer who had like put people's heads in plastic. In a couple of oh, a couple of issues right. again, who was never caught. Right. Okay. Cool. He pro- that, that, you're always probably right. Um, I, I, I actually now, now that it's all finished, I'm definitely going to go back and reread it all because I think I, I read it. She's going like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this. This book is so ridiculous." Um, Sorry. That's all right. It was a cranky baby. Oh, Baba. Uh, okay. Siobhan is is actually like managing to talk on Skype. <laughs> While holding a phone as a microphone. And, and a baby. And a baby, which you've been feeding on and off yeah. throughout the entire episode. <laughs> I'm very talented. Like, you are very talented. We, we should like be like the only, the only, com- the only comic, based, comic book podcast that features regular breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But this issue of Plastic, it ended quite abruptly, I thought. I was like, oh shit, that's the end? But it also, like, it ended very satisfyingly. Like, there was real character development and, like, sort of closure for everyone involved. I thought it definitely took a way more comedic finish than I, than I was expecting. Oh, yeah? I don't know. There was a lot of death. It was quite sad. 
like four characters are destroyed in a pretty hilarious panel. That's true. <laughs> it's very, it's just, it was just very sudden. I was like, okay, that's the end. All right. But I um, like, like, I like, I thought they, I didn't feel like it was rushed personally. And I thought that, like, I think this is a nice, you know, little package that you could give to someone or recommend to someone. I don't know how or what the person would think <laughs> of you if you did give it to them, but um, I really liked this. Yeah, no, it, it was it was it was a satisfying ending, just a, just a sudden one. I would love to see this creative team do more stuff together again because they clearly have terrifying minds. Awesome. Um, did you read? We're talking about DC books now. Did you yeah. read issue thirteen of the Hellblazer? Absolutely not. Well, guess why I did. Why? There's a new creative team, oh. and the writer of this book is now Tim Seeley. Oh, that's a good call. And um, without giving much away of where he's going with this, this felt the most in line with the Hellblazer that I know and love from Vertigo um, that it's been since he became a DC character. Oh, that's good. Um, I think Tim Seeley did a really great job of balancing the kind of, uh, you know, drunk Britishness of the character with the gross, grotesque horror side. And just, you know, he's a bit of a like irredeemable dick sometimes as well. Mm. Like, that's a very important part of the character. He doesn't, he doesn't want the, the good guys to win all the time. And uh, Tim Seeley definitely got that without making him like unrelentingly horrible. Um, Jesus Marino did the art on it, which is a uh, really, really standout too. Great colors by Carrie uh, Strachan. Um, Strachan. Um, but uh, yeah, this is off to a great start. And uh, I know I said <laughs> when, when Hellblazer came back from Rebirth, I'm like, this is way better than the, the Constantine series. Definitely a great start. And then that got really boring really fast. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think this is going to like like you know that that was all about a very silly. It wasn't it wasn't very interesting, um, but this this seems to be really building on the character a lot more and kind of different characters in his life as well. So um, yeah, if you're if you're a Constantine or Hellblazer fan, definitely uh, give this one a shot. Nice. Um, what what DC books did you read? Joel? Okay, so I read four DC books. <laughs> yep, cool. Let's let's do them. Let's go. Okay. Um, so I read issue 14 of Batgirl, which I know you don't read. Uh, I actually read this oh, one. Oh, nice. So this is Hope yeah. Larson with Chris Wildgoose on pencils. Um, I'm just flicking through to remember what the hell happened. Oh, I like this issue. I thought this was a good issue. Yeah, me too. This was good fun. This is um, Babs and Dick back together again to investigate a crime that potentially has something to do with their history. Into it. Yeah, and the best part of this book came from the flashbacks of them in their early days. Yeah. So we see Dick Dick Grayson as um as Robin. Sassy Robin. Um, and and but neither of them know who each other are, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um not yet. Uh and I, I thought this was really, really fun. Yeah, I like this a lot. And it involves the Mad Hatter, who is one of my um favorite weird second rate um Batman bad guys. Yeah, me too. He's great. He's awesome, but he spends most of this like bloodied in a hospital bed. Yeah. So even if you don't like the Mad Hatter, that's satisfying <laughs> on some level. <laughs> yeah, I like this a lot. Yeah, it felt good. I, I, I see. I, I like now that I'm kind of like, especially with DC's books. If I don't like an issue, I'll, I'm just going to give the book a break mm. and then check back in with it at some point, it's and call. that's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also read. What else did, did you read? read Detective Comics? I'm assuming you read Detective Comics. Yeah, hell yeah, I did. Um, I really like this. This is a uh, spoiler catching up with spoiler who um, who doesn't yes. know that Tim Drake is uh, is still alive like Batman does, mm-hmm. um, but she has been working with Anarchy, one of my favorite um, Robin villains, because just the funniest, so funny. Anarchy with a K, just, yeah. love it. 
Um, and this also had some great stuff with Clayface and um, mm-hmm. the, the doctor mm-hmm. who's been working on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically... Oh, she, Shatterstar hates Clayface. Oh. oh, it's okay. He used to be an actor, but now he's... Now, then, he's then kind of a it's good okay. guy now. It's all right. Oh, yeah, see, now it's better. fine. There we go. He knows that. He's fine. That worked. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought this was really strong. I, I think he's... Um, James Tinney in the fourth is a master at um, balancing all the different plot threads and setting new things up for the future. Yeah, really good fun. I'm enjoying this a lot. I like yeah. this. I like. I don't like spoiler, but I'm enjoying this little story. Arc. Yeah, um, I'm going to talk about Suicide Squad quickly nice. while uh, Shadowstar grizzles in the background. <laughs> um, this is going a bit too stupid. <laughs> I, I like a little bit of stupid in my Suicide Squad, but this is uh, it's gone. It's gone full stupid, and I'm still I'm still reading it. I'm still enjoying it. But um, at one point, it was a genuinely great comic, mm. and now it is a kind of just a, it's 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 bordering on just straight up guilty pleasure again. Nice. That's um, also fun though. One, at one point, uh, Harley Quinn busts in with Katana and yells, "The sexy Calvary is here!" Oh no! <laughs> um, but you know what? It, it, he mo- it's it, it's such a fast moving book with so many different characters that it, it's not boring. Yeah, I drop books because they're boring. Sometimes <laughs> I'll read bad books, <laughs> but uh, but it, as long as it's not boring, I'll keep reading. Man. It's not boring yet, so I keep Speaking reading. Speaking of boring, though, oh, um, no. did you read Hal Jordan and the Greenland Corps? Yes, I did. I just think this is boring. I'm bored. Yeah, it's boring. It's also like the dullest um, costume that Orion's ever had. He, he's yeah, riding a little space scooter. Of, uh, Make him sillier. Yeah, totally. Um, it didn't even have good Guy Gardner moments. It yeah. had him jumping into, into action by going to get a doctor. Lame. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. This book I'm sure good. will be great again. It looks great. Um, did you read Commandy Challenge? Number no, eight? I didn't actually get around to that one. Sorry. So this was the second book with art by Steve Rude and uh, also the second book written by Keith Giffen. So the art was incredible and the writing was was very much Keith Giffen trying to channel Kirby. Um, and it's it like, you know, I, it just is, is hard going back to that very overwritten, um, like, you know, mm. he self-narrates. He basically says what he's doing as he's doing it. It's not even thought bubbles. It's Commandy saying, now I'm doing this. Oh, cut me a break. Terrible. Are you kidding? Oh, dear. Shadowstar hates um, it. So... But uh, the art was awesome. I'm, I'm really excited, though, for the next issue because it is Tom King and Kevin Eastman. Oh, it. cool. I'm, I will check and, that out. And the art looks so cool. Like, real, real good. Nice. Um, so, yeah. I mean, look, this is, this is an up and down series. This was uh, one of the best drawn issues with some of the... I mean, like, if you, if you are a true Kirby fan, I guess you want this kind of writing from this series. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I like Kirby art more than Kirby writing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I read Action Comics number 986, um, which was written by um, Rob Williams, art by Gillian March. Um, was a pretty, like, whatever issue of, of basically Lex Luthor um, being corrupted by his mother box armor and essentially, like, mutating into um, Darkseid almost. How oh, fun. Um, and then he kind of teams up with Superman to help him overpower it. Um, but the big thing that happens at the end of this issue is that he is visited by Dr. Oz. Ah. Who is the uh, the big kind of big bad at the, behind a lot of things that have been happening in the DC since the rebirth stuff? I'm Potentially, st- he is Ozymandias. I'm starting to wonder if that's all just a big ruse. Yeah. I reckon it is. Yeah. Um, the next, so the next, uh, this, this basically sets up um, that Mister Oz's true identity is about to be revealed. 
Um, but um, I, I, I think we, we get, um, uh, what's his name, back to writing that one, Dan Jurgens. Ah, cool. So I'm excited to see him return to the book because this is a better book when he's writing it. Hmm. Um, Batman and the Shadow by Scott Snyder, Steve Orlando, Riley Rossmo, and um, what's-his-face Placentia. Nice. Um, this is actually wrapping up quite nicely. Um, and, uh, I mean, Riley Rossmo's art is still my favourite thing about it, but um, as it kind of delves heavier into the shadow lore that I know less about, I'm actually finding myself a lot more invested than it just being another Joker versus Batman story. Um, but there's one more issue of this left, so I'll talk about the, uh, the series as a whole when that comes out next month. Um, I gather the last book from DC you read is Mother Panic, issue number 10. It sure is. By Jody Hauser, Sean Crystal, and Jean-Francis Ballou. Um, this is such a great series, yep. and I can't believe I considered dropping it all those months ago. You fool. It is such good fun. No, I'm a fool <laughs> if I dropped it. Um, what I love about this is that like Mother Panic is just such a flawed hero, yeah. both like mentally and also physically. Mm-hmm. She has to continually have these very big operations to make herself able to walk, let alone fight crime again. Um, and uh, the world that, that she's a part of, you know, with Ratcatcher and her strange mother mm-hmm. and these other people from the school that she escaped from, it's so rich and cool. And I, I really, like, I, you know, this is only solicited to issue 12, right? Oh, uh, poo. <laughs> and, like, you know, so, so Shay the Changing Girl and Clyde Carson, but um, this one of all of them, even though, I, like, you know, Shade's my favourite of all the, mm. the young animal books. This one feels like Jodie Hauser has so much to tell in this world. Yeah. And I hope she's given the chance to. I agree. Um, and, you know, and the, the, apparently they're coming back when there's a big young animal DC crossover. But this book is, of all of them, already so much exists in the DC universe. Like, Batman's in every second issue almost, or a, a reference. Mm. So I don't really see how this will really benefit from being part of... I mean, a rat catcher who is a DC character is a, is a main character in this. Um, I don't see how this will benefit from being part of the DC universe any more than it already is. Whatever. Um, I also really love the backup, which features um, art by Phil Hester and uh, written by Jim Kruger, Gotham Radio, which is like a kind of about a, ra- a guy on the radio station kind of reporting on these vigilantes like Batman who have been killed. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, cool it's really good. It's like it's. I love this sort of stuff that um, expands on lesser seen corners of the DC universe. I think that's one of the strengths of DC um, as a... Yeah, 100%. As a publisher. Um, So, yeah, I really enjoy this. I think it's really good. Cool. Well, those are all our reviews. Um, Hope you you enjoyed this slightly different, but I I think it was mostly the same uh, episode of Serious Issues. All that's left for us to do is uh, to talk about the books that are coming out next week. (coughs) This week. Mm. Uh, And uh, I'm scrolling through the list now. You know what? I'm going to add a little amendum uh, where I talk about this. Nice. Um, actually, no, no, fuck it. The good ones are here. <laughs> They're here. Secret Empire number 10 yep. you get immediately after number 9. So that's the big, the final kind of all this, almost the final I- issue of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a dark side special um, of the uh, Kirby 100 issues from DC as well, mm-hmm. um, featuring an OMAC backup, which is really cool. Um, and it uh, looks like Scott Collins is doing some art on that one and Phil Hester too. That's awesome. Cool. Um, we get the James Bond Money Penny one shot, which I think is written by Jody Hauser. Yeah, it is Jody Hauser awesome. on that one uh, in the um, Dynamite kind of James Bond books. Uh, that's definitely one to pick. Um, I, I've, I really love like almost all of those uh, James Bond books that they, that they do. I think they're actually really cool and far better than a James Bond comic book series deserves to be. Mm. Um, we are getting a um, re- the return of Lady Killer too is coming back. Woo. A little hiatus. 
while um, Joelle Jones did that Supergirl Becoming Super uh, book, but now she's back on her own book, which is very exciting because mm-hmm. I love that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole bunch more yeah. that you can pick out. There's some good um, um, There's some good sort of trade paperbacks and stuff coming out next week as well. The Old Guard, Greg Rucker's um, current image series, the first trade of that is out. I would definitely pick that up. If I um, were you... Yeah, totally. Well, it's, it's, a, it's another big week next week. Sure. What is. do you know? <laughs> but yeah, definitely pick up the old guard if you haven't read that yet. That's such a good, such a good book. Mm. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. To uh, this ish episode of uh, of Serious Issues. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to find us online, you can find us at facebook.com slash serious issues podcast, or you can join our group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. We are also on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues. Drop us a line on there. And uh, you can find us individually at Siobhan CBG for Siobhan. She's also on Instagram on that same uh, username. And I'm at LevDog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G on Twitter and Instagram. We love hearing from you. If you have any uh, thing that you want us to talk about in the future on this show, let us know and we will try and include it. Um, I doubt I'm going to be sedated anytime soon <laughs> again. So uh, the, next, the next episode should be as normal. You've done pretty well, though. Um, you don't sound like yeah. you were sedated. My throat really hurts because apparently I was coughing while I was sedated with a big tube down my throat. Hectic. So, um, yeah, I probably shouldn't have talked for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I will speak to you in the person very soon, Siobhan, and Can't you will wait. hear us listening next week. Excellent. Stay serious, everybody. Do it. It's my, it's my catchphrase now. <laughs> you, can, you have to think of a new one. Um, see you next week. Bye, guys. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.